The sponsor for the month is Founders Ministries. Founders Ministries exists for the recovery of the gospel and the reformation of churches. They've provided resources for churches since 1982 through conferences, books, the Sword in the Trial podcast, video documentaries, online articles found at founders.org, the quarterly Founders Journal, Bible studies, international church search, and the newly launched seminary level training program, the Institute of Public Theology. Founders believes that the biblical faith is inherently doctrinal, and they are therefore confessional in their convictions. You can learn more about Founders Ministries and how to partner with them at founders.org. Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. The Shepherd's Crook exists to provide care, counsel, and resources for pastors. You can get more information at theshepherdscrook.co. My name is Jared Sparks, and I'm a pastor coming alongside other pastors, reminding them of the chief pastor. Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. This is episode 166. I hope you guys are all doing well. Thanks so much for being back and being patient with me. I've been gone for a couple weeks, and it's just been busy. It's been hunting season. We had Thanksgiving stuff, just like you did. And so I'm happy to be back. Thank you again for your patience. Tell you what, hunting fell apart this year. I did not get a deer, unfortunately, and I just didn't have a good plan. I'd been obsessing about hunting all year, and I just didn't have a good plan when it came down to it. And so we we still have bow season until January, but I haven't got the big buck that I've been after. And there is a story there, and eventually I'll hopefully tell it. But first, let's go ahead and pray. And I want to talk to you today about something I have actually talked about in the past, but I want to talk about open doors for effective work and then adversaries that come alongside the open door for effective work. And I get that directly from 1 Corinthians 16. And Paul has a little verse that I think is really helpful for us no matter what we're facing today. And pastors, as we're we're dealing with ministry and the wide open door that's just right in front of us right now for good work, it's easy for us to take uh, you know, a detour around the good work because there's so many adversaries there. And I want to encourage you today to face the adversaries face on and walk towards them and do what is required. Let's go ahead and pray. Lord, we need wisdom and direction, as always, and I pray that you would help us as we think through your word, and I want to be challenged and encouraged today by your word, and I pray that through me today, you would challenge and encourage everybody that's listening in, and uh, God, we want to honor you. We want to be men who honor you in our life, in all areas of life, not just in one area of life. We want to honor you in all of life. God, give us the strength and the grace to be able to do that. Jesus, thank you for your perfect work. Thank you for your life, death, and resurrection on our behalf. We love you and we thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, I dropped my cough drop, so let me get that real quick. Well, it literally disappeared, so I'll get this one, and then I'll get that one later. I've been dealing with a cough the last couple days or a cold, and if I sound under the weather, that's the reason why. Okay, so 1 Corinthians 16, hear the words of Paul, starting in verse 7. For I do not want to see you now just in passing. I hope to spend some time with you, if the Lord permits, But I will stay in Ephesus until Pentecost, for a wide door for effective work has been opened to me, and there are many adversaries. Now, for some reason, what gets caught in today's world, and even as we walk with the Lord, and not just in, you know, highly charismatic or prosperity circles, is that a wide open door for effective work, and then everything working out really smoothly, really easily, somehow or another, we've put these two things together to where we think, if God's going to open some door for me, if God's going to put his boot into my back and push me through it, then the door he's going he's to push me through is going to be 
really easy and really smooth, and there's going to be revival right in front of us, and we're going to see things we've never seen before. Open doors, we don't typically think or associate with adversaries. And yet, Paul is telling us there's a wide open door for effective work, and it's open to him. It's there, it's right in front of him, and there are many adversaries. And I think this is a principle that we should consider this morning, and we should think about this in really all areas of life. And, you know, as pastors, we want to think about this first in light of pastoral ministry, actually second in light of what we deal with in our families and the struggles that can happen in our families. But I want to kind of give you a story of James Coates, Pastor James Coates, and something I've been thinking about for the last few weeks, a couple weeks now. You know, my wife has a podcast called The Fruitful and Fearless Podcast. It's a phenomenal show. She does that with Lexi Sauvey, and they do just such a great job. There's, uh, I think, 80-something episodes at this point. I get the great privilege of editing those and then posting those every, every other week. Well, they talked with Aaron Coates just two weeks ago, and I edited that last week, and it's just such a great show. And in that episode, she talks about how Pastor James, when he was arrested... It really, God used that to really inspire several really good men and really good churches to make a stand. Pastor Tim Stevens is another name you've probably heard of. And Pastor Stevens, from that point forward, opened the church and said, we're not closing again. And that arrest of Pastor James really inspired him. And it inspired 11 other churches. And you might think, well, that's great. Maybe 11 other churches in their city or, or whatever. Well, Pastor Tim started calling all these churches throughout the province. And the sad part about this is that in all the province, only 11 churches, only 11 churches stood with with Pastor James, stood in support. The Gospel Coalition turned their back on him and so many others. And it was just so sad and frustrating and enraging, and it simultaneously gave me great courage. God, thank you for what Pastor James did. Thank you that he's not a sellout. Thank you for standing. Thank you for walking through and and seeing this wide-open door of effective ministry. I mean, their church has doubled in the last year and a half. The church has doubled. They've had so, so many people become Christians and just saved through seeing what God has done through Pastor James and his family. And so there, there, in, there was this wide open door for him to walk through of faithfulness, of just him being faithful. And the first cost for him being faithful was going to be to his family. And if you listen to that episode, that interview, it was a great cost to, to Aaron and the kids. It was just a very difficult time for them to be, you know, without Pastor James in their home. And so that, that effective work that God had him walk through was just basic faithfulness. Hey, gather. Uh, that's what I've told you to do. And the state comes along and says, you can't gather, and this is what we're telling you to do. And Pastor James is saying, I'm going to obey God over man. And because of that, he becomes the first pastor in the West arrested simply for being faithful to Jesus, being faithful to God's word. He's faithful to God's word. He sees this wide open door, walks through it, and he ends up in jail. Now, he's been released. If you don't know his story, it's pretty great. You can go ahead and listen to that episode from Jordan. But it really fired me up, and it got me so frustrated with the amount of pastors throughout the the country because I've seen the same thing happen where people have been emboldened over the last year and a half and then pastors have been very cowardly and they've turned the other way and they've tucked tail and they've bowed to the state and they've feared breaking the laws of the state more than they feared violating God's very law. And so they've not taken obedience to God as seriously as they've taken obedience to the state and it's been so enraging. And I think because we misunderstand passages like this, we forfeit a lot that could have been done 
a lot of work that we could see right in front of our eyes. Some of the same things that's happening, you know, with Pastor James, some of the same things that's happening even to a lesser degree at our church where we've experienced a lot of growth this year, where our attendance is up, our giving is up, people are just coming and excited and passionate about God's Word. And if we would have closed down, if we just would have put masks on, we would have had the exact same issues that everybody else would have had. We don't have people here. Our giving's down. You know, people are watching online and they're not getting together and we can't get them to come back because they like staying home on Sunday mornings. So wide open doors for ministry are there right in front of us. And they're going to be in front of us again this winter as the possibility of, you know, more lockdowns or suggested lock, lockdowns from the scary, you know, i got to say it, the, the O virus now, the o- Omicron or whatever it's called. And so people are, you know, now ramping up because they're crazy and unfortunately brainwashed by the internet uh, and by the media, I should say. If those lockdowns come, there's a wide open door that's right in front of you, pastors. There's a wide open door. Don't require masks. Don't social distance. Continue to sing. Continue to receive communion. Obey God rather than man. The door is wide open. But what does Paul say? In Ephesus, this wide open door is there for me. It's open, and there are many adversaries. Here's the thing. If you're going to be faithful to walk through the doors that God has given you, right in front of you, we just flung those doors open. If you're going to be faithful, there's going to be adversarial work from the devil, from the world, from the flesh. It's going to be there, and you're going to have to fight it. Let's just consider that in the home. Pastor, if you take home life serious, if you take your family as a priority, as God would have you, if you want to stay qualified for ministry. I've been in churches before where if you were faithful to your family and if you were more devoted to your family than you were to the church, then they would see you as being disqualified because they want all of you. This church wanted all of you and expected the pastor to be gone from his home from 9 in the morning till 9 at night or 8 in the morning till 9 at night. I talked to this former pastor that was a pastor at our church, and he was lamenting the fact, and he never changed his behavior, but he was lamenting the fact that he couldn't remember a single time playing in the yard with his children. This is a pastor who had been in pastoral ministry for over 50 years, and he couldn't remember a single time playing with his children in the yard. His kids were all grown. There was only one that was in the faith. And it's an absolute tragedy. The church required him to disqualify himself because they wanted all of him. They saw him... And they didn't see him just as a servant of the church. They didn't see him just as a shepherd of the church. They saw them as, this is, that he is our slave. We are the ones that have to have him and have the best of him. And the family gets the sloppy seconds. Pastor, if you're in a church like that, and I know many of you are in churches where your expectations on you are through the roof. Like you can't meet all the expectations because they expect you to be at the office building. You know, you got to be at office hours all day, every day. Um, And then not only that, you know, you have your evenings that are going to be full throughout the week. You're preaching three times a week there or something like that. And you're expected to do all the hospital visits. And the expectations on you to be involved in the association meetings and all of this. I read a poll or some sort of analysis one time that was done about the expectations of churches on their pastors. And these churches were given a report of how many hours a week the pastor should be doing this work, this work, that work, and that work, and all the list was lined up, and it ended up being like 80 hours, you know, that that was that, this, that these churches that were in this poll expected the pastor to be working. Now, if you're going to make your household a priority as God would have you, that may open you up to adversaries coming your way. Why are you doing this? Why are you prioritizing your family over the church family? We, we need you over here, and you're having to call them or text them and say, I can't come. I have to have dinner with my family. I can't be there. Call somebody else. Call another elder. Call another deacon. 
And if you don't have other elders and other deacons yet, uh, you've got to call. You've got to raise up elders and deacons. You just have to do that, or you're going to be suffocated. It's going to be a wet blanket upon you, and these adversaries are going to just suffocate you, and they're going to require you either to neglect your family or it, it, it end up being fired. But if you're going to take your family seriously, it's going to open you up, and it's going to possibly open up open yourself up to criticism from others who are saying, wait a minute, you need to be spending more time with the church or more more time doing this or more time during doing that. And they don't understand that in their job and every other job that your people are working at, if their family life's neglected, that has no bearing whatsoever. You can keep getting raises. You can keep being more and more and more qualified all the while your family's suffering more and more and more and more. That's not how it is in pastoral ministry. Your family has to be thriving. There's going to be adversaries in the ministry. There's going to be adversaries if you take your family seriously. And also, if you take your family seriously, you're going to have adversaries from the world. The world, the flesh, and the devil hate the family unit. They absolutely hate a dad and a mom and children. They hate it. The world is absolutely at war with the nuclear family. And if you're going to take your family seriously and build an epic household that's just an empire that's going to last generations, well, you're going to receive heat from the world, the flesh, and the devil. You're going to at some point think, oh my goodness, these adversaries are going to rise up even inside of you. Am I making an idol out of family? Am I making an idol out of my children? Am I making an idol out of my wife? And we need to hear back, no, you're not. Absolutely not. I mean, possibly if you're like completely obsessed with them in like a really weird way. But we need more and more pastors and more and more men to love their families more, not less. The world is just annihilating them and making men feel guilty if they love their families. This is, happens in Big, Big Eve all the time with idolatry. You know, you can really idolize idolatry to the point that you are looking, running around and not loving what God has given you and loving the people that God has called you to love because you're too nervous that you're going to love them too much. And we need to, you know, get rid of idolizing idolatry. Also, if you're going to have a wide open door for you in your work, pastors, I know you have a lot of side hustles and everybody else listening in. You know, I know that you've got your work, that you're not in pastoral ministry, but you're, you've got your work you go to every day, and that may be work at home. If you're, if, you're a, if, you, if you're a mom who works from home or a lady who works from home primarily, which a lot of, a lot of listeners are, you have your work in front of you, and if you're going to do the work that God has given you to do, it's a gift, and if you're going to do the work that God has given you to do, whether at home or outside of the home, here's the deal. You're going to have adversaries, and you're going to have to see the door that's there, and you're going to have to realize that mountain is an open door, and I've got to climb that mountain. And it's going to be difficult, and there's going to be opposition, but I'm going to work through the opposition because this is the work that God has given me to do. Don't confuse adversaries, people, the devil, the flesh. Don't confuse criticisms or roadblocks in the way or mountains in front of you as something from the enemy. The good work that God has given you will always come with adversaries. Sometimes that's going to be a little bit smoother road, but sometimes... It's just going to be challenge after challenge after challenge. And you know, this is the work that God has given me to do. And I'm going to do it with all my might. I'm going to get through those adversaries. I'm going to climb that mountain. And by God's grace, we're going to, we're going to see something awesome happen. So I just want to challenge you and encourage you today. Paul had open doors for effective work to him, but there were many adversaries. You got to look at those adversaries and recognize, you know what? I got to get through. I got to press on. Now, final note. It could be, it could be, Pastor, that you as you hear this, you're justifying yourself because you have been doing the work of the adversary and everybody else has been calling you out. The people in the church have been saying, hey, you're, um, you, we, need, we need you to step up. And you've been confusing their appeal to you for courage, for strength, for direction. And you've not taken that appeal for courage, for strength and direction. And you continue to live and uh, pastor and, and shepherd in fear. <clears throat> 
for you, you got to recognize that sometimes those that we think are adversaries are our God-sent friends, sent from the Holy Spirit to cattle prod us, to, to press us on, to move us forward. And we've got to be wise to make sure that we're recognizing that those who are who are doing that that work, that those are our friends, not our enemies. Those are our friends. They're, they are not our foes. They are not our adversaries. They are loving counsel from the Holy Spirit nudging us into holiness, nudging us into into obedience to the Lord. And so recognize that as a final note. Hey guys, we have partnered with Founders Ministries this month. And we want to thank so much for uh, Founders so much for partnering with us. And there's going to be a book giveaway that's going to be announced, a 10 book giveaway from Founders. And be on the lookout for that. And also for last month, the winner of the Free Grace Press giveaway was my friend Bill Anderson. Pretty cool. So I'll be sending those books out. Guys, thanks so much for listening. Please subscribe, share, leave a rating review, whatever you can do to help pass the word. I want to thank you so much for continuing to come back. Hope you guys have a good rest of the week.